Good afternoon. Welcome to The Political Strategist. Uh, hi, it's been a long time. It's been a couple of months maybe since I've uh, broadcasted or podcasted. Well, I'm back. You know, there's a lot going on and it's political season. I think for me, it's been a political season. It's never ended <laughs> in terms of politics and what's going on and who's doing what. I'm definitely on this. Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've done a podcast since I have um, entered the race for Michigan State Senate District One. Uh, I pretty much have uh, entered the race. I, I I do plan to to run and diligently seek out the voter um, support for my candidacy in District 1. Uh, I, I I said it on uh, Facebook several times and on, on different posts that uh, District 1 is uh, is uh, squarely situated in the 13th Congressional District, which I was running for uh, since, uh, wait, maybe February. I did not make the ballot. I did collect a lot of signatures and... Uh, because of the confusion, because of the split in the city of Detroit, I collected some signatures in both districts, the 12th and the 13th, and that caused me to waste some time when it came, when I realized that I had to collect more signatures in the 13th Congressional District. Uh, the weather was a significant factor, uh, being chemically attacked, being rained on, stalked, followed, all of those uh factors uh, contributed to my failure to make that final push and get the rest of the signatures I needed to, I believe, get on the ballot for the 13th Congressional District race. But for the state Senate in Michigan, I mean, the issues are different, of course, but I believe that I would be able to have a more direct impact 
in the district on issues that uh, matter uh, in in Michigan. Um, I've already seen a survey that I've uh, received from the um, the it's a pack uh, for credit unions about uh, do you support member credit unions and so forth, and would you uh, vote to tax those. Uh, earnings and the monies in, in credit unions. And I, I understand now that there is no direct taxation of uh, credit union uh, funds and monies. I mean, there's so many issues that have to be addressed uh, on the local level. And of course, I will never end my push to get in Congress as long as there are issues, federal, there are federal issues that need to be addressed so desperately. Uh, but uh, I am on the podcast to report, you know, I, at this point in my life, I'm not, I, I, I've indicated to you, I've been a, a government gang stalking victim and it, it is just a, 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 just a hair pulling type, uh, experience to be in. Um, but it is a gang effort. And I mean, it seems like almost everybody, the whole community is involved in inflicting, these uh, insults, assaults, uh, breaches, violations of my civil rights. It's just a big mess. But it's certainly something that should be outlawed, and that's government gang stalking and targeting of uh, people. One issue that I'd really like to dr- address on the congressional level and on the, the uh, state level, so state level issues, is housing. And um, you know, when you realize that there is a whole um, list of issues that you encounter as you are looking for seeking out affordable housing, the discrimination and the 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 organization of the whole effort is really uh, not there. I, I want to report this. I mean, this is the, the things that I go through. I mean, I know a lot of you have inquired and wanted to hear about what is government gang stalking? How does it work? How does it look? Well, uh, I have been applying for affordable housing for about a year. Affordable housing is based on your income. It's not like, you know, for what most of my life, I'd say maybe most of my life, uh, I have... Uh, you know, worked and paid for for where I wanted to live. But when you are limited, you know, when you're a government gang-stalking victim, uh, I was removed illegally from my job as a judge, and I haven't been able to secure uh, employment since. I mean, I I, uh, apply for a job, and I'm basically ignored. I'm not even interviewed. I'm not even communicated with. Uh, the employers that I've applied with have basically decided to ignore me. And um, so that has been the pattern for many, many years. Now, I anticipate I'm going to start to uh, legally re- readdress these issues because you just, you just can't ignore a applicant. I understand the last time I looked at the law, that was against the law, especially discrimination based on discrimination but you have this whole network of people, and they're most of the people in power now in the status quo that want to keep a person down. They do it. And I've understood that there is more. I'm not the only one, that there are other 
individuals that are involved in this. And basically, it is a just a whole discrimination, um, a network of discrimination and oppression in, in, in our network that we know, everyday operations. But affordable housing. So I applied for affordable housing last year. And, um, you know, they tell you you have to have a waiting list. Nothing is organized. Nothing is dig digital at all. It's, you know, basically you walk in, pretty archaic. You walk in, submit a written application. You don't even get a copy of the application. I didn't get a copy of one of the um, places where I applied for housing. Uh, and uh, I went back to find up, get an update on my application. She said, well, you never filed anything. Well, at that point, I decided that every time I submitted an application, I was going to keep a copy. Uh, but that's how archaic it was. And it really lends itself to a lot of discrimination, a lot of um, a lot of oppression and uh, dishonesty and fraud is what's going on. And what happens, these affordable housing uh, units are receiving federal monies, uh, maybe state subsidized, and... They have to go by the rules. And HUD is the governing um, authority for many, uh, for all of these uh, operations, especially as it concerns senior housing. I qualified for senior housing. I had no idea prior to 2021 that there was such a thing with, based on your income. I thought, well, I can't afford any housing now. Uh, and I basically lived in the house that I owned in South Carolina for the last, uh, what, seven years or so. Um, and so I said, well, I'm forced to just live in the house I own. I can't go anywhere and rent because I'm not really, uh, really able to pay for the rent where the places where I would think I would like to live. Uh, senior housing has, has become uh, something I see that's very nice. Most of these places where I've gone in, you know, if you go in just to lobbies, they look like, you know, they could be four or five-star hotels. So it's quite uh, uh, fabulous. There are some areas in Michigan that are particularly nice in Detroit as well, new, newly styled uh, senior homes. And you have to go through these uh, housing commissions and so forth to get to these uh, facilities where there are HUD regulations that are involved. And if you receive HUD monies you should follow HUD rules. And it's funny to me how, uh, that, uh, that's how, why I was pursuing my seat in, con in the, the, the 13th Congressional District, because there are many federal issues involved that need to be changed. The laws need to be changed. A new systems need to be implemented to stop the discrimination and to stop the oppression uh, that I see going on with me. One thing is, like I said, if you receive federal HUD monies, you must and you are required to follow the regulations, the law, in, in terms of how those monies will be used and how and who gets those monies. Well, HUD has something called a preference. Now, prefer preference means you prefer someone, and they usually have you on a waiting list. What happens is when these preferences are recognized as they're supposed to be, you move to the top of the list. And so I don't, you know, the list may be four years long, five years long, whatever it is. If you are a preferred tenant, they consider you to be preferred under the law. 
then you move to the top of the list. Doesn't matter how long the waiting list is. And I could conceive that if you have a housing commission, these are all government properties uh, with 10, 15, 20 properties. And this is what's happened to me. I've applied for all of them and a year has passed and I've not received any housing. I'm a preferred status. If you're a senior citizen, if you're a person that has experienced disability, if you're a person that has experienced homelessness, well, I can no longer take the chemical attacks that's taking place in my home in South Carolina, the hot lighting, the all of it meshed together, the um, cell phone tower uh, uh, electrical shocks that, that have taken place. I left. So I said, well, no, I'm going to seek out a, an apartment, basically in Michigan, and live there. Well, I've been waiting a year, over a year now. Uh, and so the regulations for HUD, it also says if you're a victim of violence, uh, violent uh, domestic violence, uh, there, there's a woman, there's an act called the Violence Against Women Act, and the uh, it has not been renewed. I have to check to see if it's been renewed by Congress. Uh, but it certainly was in effect when I was applying for housing in 2021. And so the rules of the VAWA Act apply as well. Those women cannot be denied housing. I, as a woman that have been the subject of military stalking, military uh, assaults, a chemical assaults, and uh, basically uh, 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 being victimized by the elements of the weather uh, and so forth, which is militarily run, I would qualify under VAWA. I believe I believe I could make a case for being a victim of military stalking. I have the videos. I have the police reports and so forth. Well, these things, these acts, along with the HUD regulations, require that a person such as me be placed immediately at the top of a waiting list. Well, I've experienced no such thing. I've been denied housing. The very thing that the act mandates uh, is being uh, denied to me. And it's been a year. Now, you tell me when you have 20 properties at big senior buildings, you cannot find one apartment for a VAWA victim, a, a senior victim, and uh, someone who has been now homeless, basically. And uh, in, in, in pursuant to VAWA, you must have been displaced from a, your home. Well, I have by government activity. Well, that's been the, the case with me as well. Well, instead the government has continued to discriminate against me in terms of getting housing. And I've shown you the videos. I've shown you everything that, I, that I've been through and that I've experienced. But these things continue, even in the shelter that I have been forced to live in. Uh, the chemical attacks, a very major chemical attack last night. They left the windows open and the chemicals came right through. It was very grievous. Uh, and so... Now you have just um, intimidation, government intimidation, and um, 
things that are happening right out in the open. One of the things is I had to apply for housing also through MISHDA. Uh, let's see, that's the state of Michigan Housing Authority, basically. And uh, I went there about, maybe about two, three weeks ago to apply, and I heard nothing. I was going to follow up. But then I got an email like a Friday saying I, my application was just received. So Again, it's another um, infringement, violation of my rights that you wait two to three weeks to submit my application for housing when you know I'm in an emergency situation. Well, MISHTA is in the state of Michigan. You know, this is the state of Michigan. If I have a problem with MISHTA uh, failing to submit that application when they were supposed to, then I might have to sue which I'm planning on suing as many of them as I can because they're not they're, they're not following the law and they have continued to deny me housing. And I bet you they cannot, not one of them, and, and the Detroit Housing Commission is the main culprit, cannot, and Mayor Duggan appoints the board of the Detroit Counts, uh, the Housing Commission. And so they're the people that are now keeping me from getting housing in the city of Detroit. And at the same time, if I, when I ran for mayor the last time in 2017, they were the ones that asserted that, uh, well, the clerk did, that you're not a resident. You haven't been here long enough. You, and so you, you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. You're trying to deny me housing, and then you're trying to keep me from getting housing. And then you're also trying to claim uh, make a claim that I'm not uh, haven't met res- residency requirements for political for your political expediency. So now we have a full blown discrimination uh, against me, where I cannot get housing. Mayor Duggan, Mike Duggan, appoints this board, and the board is uh, the the governing uh, body for the Detroit Housing Commission. Well, I have decided to sue them. I sued them in February because of the delays, the lies, just outright ignore me like they do. That's what government game stalking is. It's an outright violation and infringement of one's uh, civil rights. And so uh, the... Why I got on here today, I found it especially disconcerting, is I saw a picture. I said, if I decided to sue Mishta for their negligence in, in, in not giving me housing and failing to provide housing for me, I suspect that I'm going to have to go to court. Mishta is also an agency that is manned and governed by Gretchen, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. And so I, I I didn't think much of it. I haven't actually served the, the summonses yet against the board that I've sued in the Detroit Housing Commission. But yesterday, I saw a picture of uh, Gretchen Whitmer with uh, a federal judge, a federal judge. And I said, wow, that is so very appropriate, uh, inappropriate. Not only did I think it was intimidation, uh, Reverend Den- um, Reverend Nicholas Hood and and, and uh, Judge Denise Hood, I mean, I have had no bones to grind with them, but now I do. 
because I don't know how I got on his Facebook page uh, if I started following uh, Reverend Nicholson. But I noticed some of his uh, posts lately have been kind of aggressive or intimidating. And I, I still didn't put it together till I saw him with um, uh, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer um, over the weekend. And so I, I think it's inappropriate to to be uh, fraternized with judges. In fact, that's what they tell us now. And especially when you know or anticipate you're doing illegal activities, uh, when you're doing things to hurt people and you're fraternizing with judges so you can cover your butt. I really think it's inappropriate for Judge Hood even to uh, fraternize with Governor Whitmer and uh, then Nicholas Hood to be, I guess, her mouthpiece and intimidate people. Well, this is what I've seen. And I I was very concerned with it. Uh, It's funny now that my case against the state of Michigan and the Judicial Tenure Commission was dismissed as, uh, you know, uh, frivolous. And they claim I couldn't uh, state uh, in a 40 page complaint. They they claim they couldn't. I did not really make out a case. And here to find out several years later that I was gang stalked on my job, unfairly removed. And it's proven because you've continued to stalk me. Okay, you took my job away. You took my house away. Well, now you got to follow me everywhere I go and make sure that I'm violated. My civil rights are violated every day, all day. I go to a dentist. I can't even get services. The dentist refer, uh, fails to call me back because of this government gang stalking. Well, that's against the law, too. I'm going to sue for that as well. So we get corrupt judges that are not willing to litigate these cases. And so what you have is a major conspiracy ongoing conspiracy every day, all day, with the government actors. One thing I did do is I asked the Michigan Attorney General to uh, start the investigations about these local incidents, such as this dentist that has refused to to, to, uh, service me or return my calls. Well, that's discrimination. Um, and, And why? And I have submitted that on every incident, even these shooting incidents, um, that these are um, conspirators, that they're all together. How do they do it? Well, it's done electronically. Their family, I'm, I'm sorry, their, their emails and cell phones are, uh, apparently that's a means of communication to act out these acts of discrimination and uh, targeting it's something that's an organized effort. We're talking about Russia. We're worse than Russia. And these activities are going on basically right in our sight, right before our eyes. Even in the 13th congressional race, even when I was stalked and chemicaled and gassed, uh, uh, you know, every day, uh, there are candidates that were embraced. And I found that one of the candidates is a military, involved in military engagement still. And uh, maybe, I don't know, it might be the National Guard now, but uh, that's what they want. They want somebody who's going to embrace these activities, military gang stalking, uh, military air stalking, and so forth. And so these are kind of candidates or prosecutors or so forth, somebody that's going to um, um, carry out this plan that they have, this is a very elaborate plan, a very elaborate scheme that they have done. They're all 
conspirators, all conspirators, and they should be prosecuted as such. And they've even gotten to the point of, of, of intimidating prosecutors uh, in order to effectuate this, this, this uh, diabolical scheme of oppressing people and then doing it openly. Who would think that you would see military planes causing, uh, uh, following somebody like me everywhere I go daily? And, um, you know, this is in the open. This is something, these resources, our tax dollars are being used to do this, by the way. And then these government actors, these are people we vote for. I believe they should be voted out of office. And if, if the next set starts, vote them out. But definitely, um, we should address uh, 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 the actions of these uh, politicians that are out in the open and bring it to the forefront and deal with it. Because many people are being victimized by the government gang stalking. Now, the dentist I went to, I'm sure he's just an innocent person. Uh, but when he's told, don't service her, and he has to follow what they say, close down his business in the middle of the day when, when he was supposed to be open, well, that's because I arrived. And then he's failed to return my calls for services. Well, I know something is wrong. This government gang stalking has happened to me before. Uh, and so these are the things that need to be addressed. While we are uh, um, purporting and asserting a constitution, a U.S. constitution, a Michigan constitution, a South Carolina constitution that does not discriminate, that does not oppress, that does not... Um, harm individuals, we have government people that are doing uh, these actions. My sister, I believe, was killed by military personnel hurting her, hurting her. It wasn't, it was a gradual kill, and that's what they're trying to do to me. But I know to get out of the way in certain instances, uh, and, and just killed, outright killed. For what? She was not involved in politics. She was not doing and saying anything to anybody, but she was victimized with murder uh, because she's my sister. She was very not aggressive anywhere at all. But she was a Christian, and that's another thing. A lot of Christians are targeted in, by our government. This is an antichrist government. And so when you see Governor Whitmer lining, aligning herself with federal judges and, you know, uh, I guess uh, in an intimidating way, especially uh, where this husband of this judge was acting uh, in an intimidating way. Uh, I, I believe it is, it, it is, I know it is improper. It is in intimidation. It is illegal. It's criminal and they should be prosecuted. So in other words, what you're telling me, you better not sue. Uh, we don't want your cases to go anywhere because we're the government doing it to you where it's illegal. It's still illegal. And I will file what cases I have to file, and I will let the public know that these actions are anticipated that you're going to throw out my cases, even though I am firmly under the law. Even the cases that I already have should be reinstated for the reason that you knew your government gang stalking back in 2014 when I was removed, uh, 2015 when I was removed illegally from my job as a judge. And so this is all should be exposed for the public to know. And, it, and, and since I have been in the community, both campaigning and living, 
uh, among others and with others I have discovered, there are a lot other people are gang stalked. That's why they don't have housing. And so this is a an issue that affects our community. We don't see it much. Uh, and you, when you're existing on the lower rungs of the ladder, you you don't um, have communications basically with uh, people in the status quo. Um, I think it's presumed that everything has to be done for you and you can't handle your own affairs. I mean, it's a false um, presumption that, that it's taken. Um, but definitely, there are people that are are gang stalked and targeted to the point family members murdered to the point that targeting is a, a a lot of areas and a lot of people are affected by targeting. We just don't know until we start talking to one another. We say, "Wow, that happened to me." I met a woman from California. She's here in Michigan. She clearly outlined every step almost of targeting uh, that she's been through and I have too. And, and you know, they're listening to your phone calls. I said, oh, that's not a big deal with me. I already know that. But almost every aspect of my gang stalking case and victimization is mirrored in the things she says to me. And I just look at her in shock, you know, because this is happening all over our country all over um, it, the communities. And the government actors are local actors. These are civilian people that are, you know, provide goods and services. And so to effectuate a uh, an oppression, uh, they tell these doctors, they tell the dentists, they tell the other people to not, don't just shut your office down. Don't provide any services. You can't do that. That's illegal. And then you can't just refuse to call somebody back who's uh, requesting services. That's illegal. And so, and then you can't take pictures with federal judges and you're anticipating litigation and know you're already doing corrupt things like delaying housing applications and take pictures with uh, federal judges and, and expect that you're not going to be losing your election or at least be scrutinized for doing that. And I think it's time that we stop looking at a certain label and uh, look at what these individual actors, government actors are doing and not look at the actor, uh, the um, labels to decide how we want to vote. I think it is a way that we're being forced as a public, a voting public, to, to look at the issues, not labels. Okay, we're well, a Democrat. Okay, no problem. I'll just tap that button. Those days are over with. We have to look at who's doing what and why and vote accordingly to the ones that want to do right with people. And while many, many times we have resisted uh, Republican candidates and so forth, I'm not long, I'm no longer doing that. I'm looking at who is going to do right because I've already given... The, the ones that are in office, a chance to do right and hasn't, nothing has gone right. So we have to start looking for other areas for, um, for resources for those, those individuals that are going to do right in government. We shouldn't abandon the process altogether, in my mind. I think eventually an answer will be provided and we, might, we may have to do things we haven't uh, in a different way. 
we may have to elect people who state they're going to do right with the public and not continue with, with the status quo that we've seen and experienced already. Well, thank you for tuning in the, to the political strategist. Um, it is, it, like I said, this is an ongoing experience that I have had, uh, and it continues to really, it doesn't irritate me, but I know there's a battle that always feels like it's an uphill battle, uh, battling the lies that I'm mentally disabled and mentally ill and so forth. In the, and, and, you know, you see a car coming at you or, you know, um, it, it's just ridiculous. Um, Easter Sunday, I dealt with a, 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 a number of near misses in my vehicle uh, just sitting. And my car has actually been hit, too, uh, since I've been back at Michigan. So it's been a lot of things I've had to endure uh, in terms of being a government gang-stalking victim. I say gang-stalking because it's more than one. In fact, it's a whole community act that's being implemented, and our dollars are being used to do it. But it's a very complicated issue. extensive network of local non-government people being told what to do by government people to keep oppressed people, really. And uh, it's a systematic uh, effort. So I'm ending the podcast. I just wanted to let you know, I wanted to put this out in the public for them to consider. This is election season. I'm hoping to um, urge uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel, she's a Democrat, to prosecute these cases. It's obvious that this is a, 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 a pattern of conduct and it's conspirators involved and so forth. I have asked Dana Nessel to, to um, pretty much look at these cases because the litigation, I suspect, is going to be thrown out. And the only other uh, avenue of redress would be criminal cases. And then they, there's so much that happens every day. It's no way I can pile civil cases on everything. My whole day is filled with government gang stalking. And so it would really clog up the courts and it would make me look litigious, which I'm not. I'm just trying to do normal stuff like go to the dentist. Uh, and so these infractions take place every day, all day. My case about not being on the 13th congressional ballot. You know, how does one get redressed in that situation when you're not on the ballot because illegal assaults have been committed against you and, 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 and you're being threatened and assaulted with chemicals, chemical warfare? How does that play out? Is there any redress for such a thing? People following you, threatening you, That is the kind of thing that we need a federal redress for that kind of activity. And this is sexual harassment as well. Even uh, men that I've talked to are immediately approached. And, And it has been going on a very, very long time, for years and years and years and years, even before I even recognized what was going on in my personal relationships, the same pattern. And so this has been a sexual harassment stalking case as well and the government interfering as well, and and listening as well, and interfering in my personal relationships as well, and interfering in my professional relationships as well. 
I didn't know, have a clue about a lot of this. And now I know that there was a certain, certain identifiable, which is now identifiable, interference in all these relationships, sexual harassment in all these relationships, all of this illegal. Who has the resources to really look at all of these things and review them? I can talk about most of them. And as new incidents happen, it actually pricks my memory about what took place long ago. Uh, You're talking about somebody like me that was thrown out of law school. And I remember at the point that I was thrown out of law school, I was doing very well. I thought I was doing excellently. Um, And uh, then that's, that's the paradox nature of this government gang stalking. When you're doing well, they, they come against you and, and do something to cause you to fail. And in law school, that's what happened. Uh, that very year, I was told that my grades were too low. And I was a, a very conscientious, studying, st- studious uh, 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 pupil in the law. I studied sometimes 10 and 11 hours a day. And so um, I was surprised to learn that I along with 107 other uh, black uh, lawsuits were were evicted from the school as being inadequate. Again, they love to use that label. You're inadequate. You can't learn. You're you're not able to be anything at all. Well, I had to overcome that uh, battle to become an attorney when I thought I was very equipped and very prepared. And just as I was uh, made, and I will overcome this battle in terms of getting my law license uh, uh, back, reinstated back to uh, active status, uh, that's a law license I worked very hard for. And uh, it was taken away with this false assertion that I'm mentally ill and can't do legal work. Well, I filed so many lawsuits, (laughs) that's a lie. You already know it's a lie, but it's a lie that they love to maintain, so they uh, love to oppress. Again, keep your law license. This Your judge job is gone. This is a, a, a web of lying over and over, and the cure for it is my polygraphing, as I've done before successfully, and defeated these blatant lies uh, that... Um, have surfaced in order to uh, damage me and continually harm me. And I'm waiting for it to come up during the campaign because once it's reasserted, I have a right to file defamation cases again. Uh, And um, you haven't publicized the fact that you're trying to kill me at night and during the day on certain days, but you you publicize this uh, absurd, the absurd claims that I'm mentally ill and that I'm dysfunctional, and I can't do my legal work, and I didn't do my work as a judge. It's a lie. All of it is a lie. So I'll keep you updated here on The Political Strategist. It looks like I'm going to be podcasting quite a bit during this political time to uh, tell the voters what's going on. And so you make the decision of how you're going to vote. But I think we need a new way of voting. We need to look to new people new leadership should be established. And who has the power? It's the voters. The voters have the power to to determine who's going to be in office. And and, and then we need to listen and understand the, the track records of some of these people that want to stay in office and that are running for re-election. And understand that if they do not uh, embrace fairness 
and uh, equality. They should be removed. And who's going to remove them? Well, they're not going to be removed via a, a governing AG, agency. AG. Then they should be removed by the voters. By the voters. Well, that's all I'm going to say. I know I've said that uh, maybe several times already. But thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to The Political Strategist. I intend to be back on here on this podcast with more information, hopefully it's voter information, from which you can uh, determine who you want to vote for and who's doing what. Talk to you next time.